0: Well, good morning. I'm so glad you're all here. Thank you for those of you that are joining us online. My name is Greg Vicaro, I'm one of the pastors here. And we are talking about uh, Unbelievable, right? That's the name of our series, To Love Like Jesus. And, you know, it's interesting. I I didn't know that Chris was going to come and give us a football analogy, but I was thinking what is unbelievable and, and what was most unbelievable that I watched just last week with the Super Bowl, right? So I, I just had to bring in a clip. I don't know if you watch the game or not. You may not even care about football. That's fine. But just bear with me for a minute because here is my pick for the play that was most unbelievable last week. You can think about it if you're a football fan. Let me know afterwards if you'd agree, but just watch this for a minute. Now, I have to say, Jamar Chase is one of the great catchers of the football in contested, wrestling, one-handed situations in the Super Bowl. He is one of the best finishers of catches I think I've ever seen in my lifetime. So many times. All right. Was that unbelievable or what? I mean, come on. The guy is running flat out and just reaches with one hand unbelievable he he was voted the NFL offensive rookie of the year and there's a reason he's legit he's he's legit i i was rooting for cincinnati steven if you're watching at home i'm sorry cincinnati didn't didn't win and all the other cincinnati fans out there but like that was an incredible play but just as incredible as that was like To Chris's point, how much more unbelievable is our God, right? And if if you could stand and cheer for a football game, like we can stand and cheer here in church. that God, you're amazing. Lord, you do incredible things. God, you come through at the last minute for us, and we praise you. So we're talking about unbelievable, and this morning we're going to be talking about God's unconditional love. All right, and and we're going to be looking into a story this morning. Um, You know, last week, Josh started us off uh, in this series talking about Jesus at the well, uh, ministering to a Samaritan woman, which she should have never been there in the middle of the day. She was there in the middle of the day because no one else wanted to be seen with her. Um, She had a past. She had baggage and she was ostracized. And we're going to look at another story today about God's love and, and what he's done for us. But it, it, this word unconditional reminds me of the series we just finished. It was, it was on 1 Corinthians 13. And it talked about agape love. Do you remember that Greek word? So there's a lot of different Greek words that are translated love. But agape is one of them and it's God's love. That's a definition of who God is. It's not based on a feeling. It's based on what's right. And we see in, in Mark 1 that Jesus comes and he loves a leper with this agape love, with, with unconditional love. So to better understand the text this morning, before I get into it and read it, I want to just imagine for a minute that you're a leper. Right? You're a leper, I'm a leper. Let me just explain what leprosy looks like and what you would have been experiencing in the Bible time. Because I think if, if we can place ourselves... In the story, we're going to get so much more out of the story, okay? So, so for a minute, you're a leper. Jewish law in Numbers tells us that anyone that's got a skin disease, you know where you got to go? You can't be in the camp. You got to go outside the camp because you're unclean. And leprosy is a lifetime disease. Like you're never coming back in the camp. This is forever. So you leave your friends, you leave your family, you leave your job, and you're in a leper colony, and, and any time you try to leave that leper colony, everyone is so afraid of you because leprosy is contagious that, that you've got to stay unclean and they might throw rocks at you to keep you away, right? But it's, it's just you're an outcast. You're, you're forever. Like, think about the early days of AIDS for a minute, right? Remember when AIDS first came? We didn't understand the disease and, and everyone was so afraid, oh, my gosh, if you get AIDS, it's like a death sentence because people were dying all the time, right? Leprosy in the same way as AIDS, people felt like, okay, if you got leprosy, what did you do wrong? Like, it must be a sin that you've committed that you got this disease. And, and oh, my gosh, so it's not just you're a social outcast, but now you're a sinner worse than everybody else, and that's why you got this disease, like such condemnation, such a amazing um, disdain for, for people with leprosy. So, now it's one thing to, to imagine that we're a leper, but I want to get a little more graphic if I could. I apologize for these pictures, but this is what leprosy looks like. So, leprosy is a progressive disease, it gradually eats away at your flesh until you become disabled. You'll notice the man on the left, he's an amputee because oftentimes the leprosy just eats your legs and they have to amputate. His hands are all gnarled and disformed. In some cases, it attacks your eyes and you go blind. Did you know that there's a half a million lepers in the world today? In 2022, a half a million. India still has 800 leper colonies. In 94, drugs came out, drug therapy came out, that for 98% of the people with leprosy, it made them no longer contagious. But the mark has been done for many of them. They're already disfigured. The social stigma on them, they're still, whether they're contagious or not, you can't ride the bus, you can't go into town, you can't go to the market. You stay in a colony. India brings your food once a month, and they give you two sets of clothes for the year. That's what it's like to be a leper today. People will hug a patient with AIDS. People will hug someone with tuberculosis. You want to know why? It's invisible. It's on the inside. But leprosy, it's on the outside. You can't get away from it. You can't hide it. You can't cover it up with clothing. It's visible. So now that you might feel a little bit more like a leper, I I want to read this story to you about the amazing unconditional love of God. This comes from Mark 1. And it says, A man with leprosy came... And knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and he touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. And Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who've been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. So as much emotion and and, uh, you know, and feeling that I can put into the words, we're just going to take a minute and watch a short video that's going to bring this to life for you, okay? Not to spoil this beautiful day or anything, huh? Come on. <laughs> It's a leper. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi. 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 You, no. his disease. No. you can not come Please... Please... Thank you. Thank you. I I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. What can What can I ever do? Do not say anything to anyone. You don't seek your own honor. Please, just tell me this one thing. But, But what do I tell people? Go. Show yourself to the priest. Let him inspect you and see that you are cleansed. Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. Who an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Green is definitely your color. (laughs) Not too shabby. (laughs) Wow. Don't you just want to, like, just praise the Lord after that? I mean, oh, my gosh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your unconditional love. Green is definitely your color, <laughs> not too shabby. You know, so I, I can't even wait for small group this week to have discussion about this, but I, I want to just start for a few minutes this morning and talk about a couple of observations. So the leper's faith, I mean, it, the video brings it to life. The the, the, uh, the text doesn't really talk to us much about the leper and his faith, but with the backdrop and the context of what I gave you about leprosy, there is no reason why this man should have ever come to Jesus. Like it was an incredibly bold move for him to come to the master, to, to put himself at risk like that. Like he, he had been, um, so despised and so outcast his whole life. Like we, we see the reaction of the disciples right in, in the video. Um, again, it's, it's not seen in the text like that. I think maybe they took a little bit of license, but it's not. It's, it's very realistic that they would react that way. And, and I think sometimes, you know, there is that normal reaction that we would have like, Ugh, oh, my gosh. But, but they're like, no, stay away. And, and they're trying to protect Jesus. But this man, as he's coming to Jesus, imagine this for a minute. He's, we're coming to Jesus. It's like, God, I've been rejected my entire life. Lord, for my entire life, people have said, stay away. You're unclean. You're not worthy. And then just for a moment, he's got that glimmer of hope. But if Jesus is the Messiah, would he receive me? Would he heal me? I've got to try. I just have to try. But then with the trying, there's great risk that comes because what if Jesus says no? What if he asked Jesus, Jesus, are you willing to heal me? And Jesus goes, sorry, buddy, not you. Like that would be even more devastating than all the other people that have rejected him because this is the one he thinks is the son of God. Will he be received? Will Jesus heal him? He's got to find out. He's got to at least go and take the risk to ask. So he comes to Jesus. And and when I read those words, that Jesus was moved with compassion. (laughs) Like there's something on the inside of you. I don't know if you've ever felt the compassion of Jesus. But even, the, even now, if I say those words, I'm brought back to a specific time in my life. This was, I don't know, maybe eight years ago. I was in Haiti for a mission trip. Um, wish we could be going back there soon, right, to, to do more mission trips. Anyway, I'm, I'm in Haiti with a team of, of kids. We're going to be going to the market that day to, to minister in the market. But before we do, we have our little devotional uh, all together. And then we're spreading out for a time of personal prayer. And uh, if you've ever been there to where Lender and Melissa are, there there are missionaries from, from Shiloh to Haiti. that That's where they live. That's their home. Like, Lender and Melissa are the real deal. People come to their gates all the time with medical needs, with this, with that. And, and, like, they're not doctors, but they do the best they can. And it's just amazing what they do and the love that they show. So this woman showed up at the gate while we're all in our individual prayer. And I kind of looked over from where I was on the porch. It wasn't that far from me, not even about to where the door is, is where the gate is. So I've got a really good look at this woman. And her lip is so swollen, it's just grotesque. I don't have another way to say it. It's just, something is definitely wrong with this woman. And like it's it's like a car wreck. I don't want to look at her, but I can't take my eyes off of her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, in a few minutes, we're all going to walk out this gate, and I'm going to pass this woman. I'm a pastor, like, what do I do? God, I can't even bear to look at her, but Lord you love her. I don't feel anything for her, except I just want to go the other way, right? And, and I felt so small right then. So we finish our, our time of, of prayer, and I'm just saying, Lord, what, what am I going to do? We, we get our water bottles, we fill them up, and, and now we're going to all walk out, and we're all passing this woman at, at the gate of, of their uh, home. So as we pass her, I just felt like I needed to show her God's love. And I, and I got down next to her. I knelt down and I looked her in the eye and asked for an interpreter and just started to speak love to her and said, look, I'm sorry that your lip is so busted up, but Jesus loves you and, and he loves you for who you are on the inside, not for what you look like on the outside. And she started to cry. I started to cry. And I said a prayer for her that God would touch her and would heal her. You know what? She did not get instantly healed that day, but something broke in my heart that whenever I read these words that Jesus was filled with compassion, I know what that compassion is. It's a supernatural agape love compassion. It's not something you can feel in your own, like you can't drum this up. You want to know what I drummed up? I drummed up like, ugh, I can't even go near her or look at her. But when God fills you on the inside, it's something that we have to receive from him. Then we have something we can pour out that isn't natural. It's agape. And that's what the love was that Jesus shared with, with this leper that day. And, and that's the love that I was able, by God's grace, to share it with this woman in Haiti. So for a moment, I want to come back to this man that we saw that's, that's the leper. He's a real person. His name is Golombe. Right? Um, His name is Ghulam. When he was a child, his parents first started noticing leprosy. Or they didn't think it was leprosy. But it was like a skin rash that was on his skin. And it would only clear up when wintertime came. But by age 11, it was undeniable that he had leprosy. And he had to leave their home and go to a leper colony. At age 11, he's separated from his parents. And he's going to live with strangers that are now going to become his family. He's lived there his whole life. It's a leprosy colony in Kashmir. I told you before, every month he's provided food to eat. Twice a year he gets clothing. His right leg has been amputated. He's no longer contagious, but with the social stigma, he doesn't leave the colony. He, he, stays, he stays there. Now, with the medicine that came in 94, he was able to become not contagious. And with his doctor's permission, he got married. He got married to another person in the leper colony who had leprosy in her legs, and she was no longer contagious either. They both had two healthy children, right? Two healthy children. One right now is pursuing a master's in English from the University of Kashmir, and one's in 11th grade. So why do I tell you Golam's story, right? Because maybe at the very beginning, we, we all saw Golam as a leper. And, and maybe you'd look at him and go, Ugh, like it, his legs are amputated. His fingers, they're all gnarled up like I don't want to be around that person. But Ghulam is a person. He, he's not just one of the people in, in the world today that still have it. He's a person. He's got a name. He's got a story. He's got a family. Like, isn't it different when you know his name, when you know his story, right? We, we might think more differently of him and, and view him as a person, but I think that's what God's unconditional love starts with, that, that he knows us all as people, Right? God looks at it all. as like, you've got a name. You're, you're just not a statistic. You're not a number. ghulam has got a name. And I believe in God's unconditional love. He knew the name of that leper. He knew that leper was going to come and And he wanted to say, hey, you're valuable to me. So what if in this world there wasn't racism or cultural barriers of any kind? What if we could see each other as God saw us and we could love with God's agape love and be unconditional in that love? Right. No matter what our physical or cultural differences, what would happen if we could actually love people and see them as people, not as someone with a different political affiliation or someone that, that believes differently than, than me about this or, or that? Because so often where we fall into this, where we argue with one another instead of saying, no, that, that's a person and I need to love them as Jesus loved them. Our culture will preach tolerance, acceptance, and inclusion, but but you know, as I know, that sometimes as Christians, you stand up for what you believe, and all of a sudden, now you're unclean. Get out of here. We're going to cancel you. And it's not just what the world might do to Christians. Christians do this to other people, don't we? Right? We will call other people unclean. How many times have you been on social media, and you see what people write, and you're like, why are they writing that? Like, that's not showing the love of Jesus. That's a person they're talking to. Why do we do that? That's not God's way. Jesus had compassion on the leper because he saw him as a person. That's agape love. So now I want to ask us all a question. How do you view yourself? Right? How do you view yourself? Because I started off this message saying I wanted to, to view yourself as a leper so that I could place you in the story. But you know what, in a very real sense, you are a leper. I am a leper. And and here's why. Mark says this, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they're sinners. You see, we are all disfigured by sin inside of us. You may not see it on the outside, but we all have leprosy, if if I could use that word. We're all a leper. So, so now for a minute, if you've received Jesus as your Savior, he has saved you from your sin. But that doesn't give you any right to look at someone else and say, unclean, does it? Like, you're the leper that has been saved. Wouldn't you want to go forth and say, I'm healed and you can be healed too. Let me bring you to someone who I know that has touched me and changed me forever. See, that's our position as believers. That's our position as Christians, that we have all been saved by grace, right? Jesus loved us when we were still sinners. Think back to last week, and we looked at that story about the Samaritan woman. I love the love that Jesus had for her and the patience that he had for her. But here's what some of us might do as Christians um, did I tell you that the lifestyle you're living is not a holy lifestyle? Like, you're going to have to change that. If, if I'm the Messiah, I, I can't minister to you right now until you come and, and like get things right and move out from that guy. And re- Jesus mentioned none of that to her. He just loved her. And it was the amazing, unconditional love of God that transformed her, right? So, so here's the deal. Sometimes when I love or sometimes when you love We'll love people, but it's like, all right, I'm going to love you, but I want you to change. Right? And and when we say that words, I want you to change, or we think that, okay, you've got to become a believer in Jesus for God. to Jesus didn't say you had to believe in him to be loved. He said, I loved you while you were still a sinner. So we don't behavior modify ourselves as believers. It's the Holy Spirit. When we come into contact with Jesus and we receive his love, we're transformed. It's not a, okay, I'm gonna try harder, I'm gonna do better, I'm gonna grow some fruit with with my effort. No, we get in God's presence, we receive his love, and he transforms us. It's an amazing work that we have. So as believers, when we see someone different than us, like we're not trying to change them, we're trying to bring them to who? Hey, let me come and introduce you to a person that I met that changed me forever. He transformed my life. I've got to tell you about him. Like I was a leper too. I, I'm, just, I'm just as disfigured as you are. Maybe my legs aren't amputated. Maybe my hands aren't, aren't gnarled, but maybe I've got this or that, right? All, all of our sin can look differently, but we're all disfigured, aren't we? I don't need to change you. That's God's job. I need to introduce you to my Jesus. Right? And and the moment I introduce you to my Jesus and you you have an experience with his unconditional love, you're changed. You're transformed. It's, It's amazing. That's why we say this Christian life is a relationship. It's not about coming to a church. It's not about what name is on the outside of the church. It's do you have Jesus in your heart? Do you worship him in spirit and in truth? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So now I want to talk about unconditional love and maybe put a little more of a handhold on it, right? Unconditional agape love, it transforms us, right? So God's love is so supernatural that we, when we get in his presence, we're transformed, right? Would you agree with me on that? So now what happens when people are in your presence or my presence? Do we love them in such a way that they're transformed, right? Or, or maybe we don't even want to look at them, because they got a lip that's hanging out. I can't even go near them. No, that's not God's way. That's our love. But see, when I empty myself and say, God, I can't do it. I need your strength. Lord, would you help me? Then God can fill us and give us the love that he wants for us to have. So I don't want to put religious laws on people and say, you know what? If you want to come to Jesus, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to stop doing this. You've got to start doing it. I don't need to put any, any religious conditions on people. I just need to say, hey, come to the master. Because if I can introduce you to my Jesus, he will change your life forever. right? Just as he's changed mine. I, I don't get it all right. You're not going to get it all right. But you know what? In our humanness and our brokenness, as we explain to people, hey, we're, we're not perfect. But we're, we've met someone who, who has transformed us. That's the life-changing power of God's agape love. Anytime I want to change someone, it can be received as a form of rejection by them, right? If I say, look, you need to change to come. All right, so now you don't receive me as, as, as I am, right? I'm not saying we agree with everybody that's different than us, but we love them. Jesus didn't point out the Samaritan's woman's sins. J- Jesus didn't come to the leper and say, I know why you got leprosy. It's because your father sinned or you did this or no, he just loved them. And his, it was his love that transformed that person. That's the relationship we have with God. As we grow in our relationship, his love should be transforming us. When we allow God to move through us with his love, we can love people that are different than us, and that's what the power of the Holy Spirit is. That's the transforming power of our our God. So how do you love others? How do I love others? Right? Is there someone maybe you're thinking about this morning in your life that you're like, I can love a lot of people. This person, I get stuck. This situation, I get stuck. I I don't know how to love them. Right? That's the challenge that we have as we grow in our Christian faith. When we get stuck, what do you do? You don't try harder. Right? This isn't behavior modification. What we do is we say, God, I need your power. I, I need to be, I need a fresh touch of your unconditional love, God, that now I can give that unconditional love to someone else. We we go to prayer and we say, Lord, empty me of who I am that I might be filled with who you are, right? Because how we treat others, it matters. The disciples didn't get it right. I don't know if they apologized to the man afterwards, but man, they all had a second tunic, didn't they, right? Jesus is like, only one. I don't need all your tunics, like, I'm sure they were feeling like, oh my gosh, did we blow it or what? We are ready to cast this guy out of here and now his life has been changed and it's been transformed. So what about when we go to the supermarket and there's that person that's really slow in front of us? Do we start grumbling? Do we, do we make a mention to the cashier if they're a little slow and they give us the wrong change or... You know, we, we, we get the B team and not the A team, right? And all of a sudden we're frustrated and we're angry. Oh my gosh, how you treat people matters. How I treat people, it matters. They're people. They go home to a family at night, right? They've got feelings. Is God putting someone on our heart that we need to love differently? You know, it may not be just the cashier. It may be the person you're living with in your own home. Right, because oftentimes that's where God gives us the pressure cooker situation. It's your husband, it's your wife, it's your mom, your dad, your daughter, your son, your niece. I don't know who it is, but am I loving people the way God has called me to love? Because if you're not, then ask God to change you, right? Go to him in prayer and say, God, I I need you in a different way. Lord, I need to experience your unconditional love because we're the leper, telling someone else they're unclean, right? We're the leper that's been saved and we're telling someone else, that's ludicrous. How can we even do that? We can't, but we do. So when we, when we make a mistake, what do we do? You mess up, you get up. And you say, Father, I know your word says that if I confess my sins to you, you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And then as we pray that to God, we ask God, God, would you fill me afresh with your love? that I might be able to give that love to other people. So if you're here this morning and there's someone that God has put on your heart, you're not loving them right. And you want to change. You want to receive more of God's unconditional love. Would you raise your hand so I can pray with you? If you got someone on your mind. Okay, thank you. You know, and I also want to ask, if you're here today and you've never experienced this unconditional transforming love of God, I want to give you an invitation today. See, this, this leper knew he was a leper. And there's a time for all of us that we have to come face to face and know that we're a sinner, right? And, and there's only one person that can heal you from your leprosy. There's only one person that can forgive you of your sins, and that's Jesus Christ, right? So, so maybe you've never entered into that love relationship with Jesus where you've said, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need to be saved by you. I, I need to be healed by you. I want to give you an opportunity this morning that you can meet my Jesus. It's not it's not a one time, it's a relationship that you start. And if if you're a believer here today, you understand that it's it's a lifelong pursuit of who God is, that we become more like him day after day after day. So maybe you've never met Jesus or maybe there was a time where you said Jesus, would you forgive me and you've walked away from him. And you're here this morning and you you got that sense in your heart. Uh I'm so far from God right now. Well, you know what? The way to God is also the way back to God. You come and you get on your knees. So if you're here this morning, I'm going to ask you, would you be bold like this leper? Right? This leper had to risk so much in coming to Jesus. What are other people going to say? I'm going to encounter people on the road. They're going to call me unclean. You know what? We're all lepers here this morning. We've all been saved if we're believers. But if you've never invited Jesus to be Lord of your life, I'm giving you an opportunity right now. Would you come and would you kneel here at the altar? Because I'd like to pray for you. If you've walked away from God, come and kneel at the altar. Yeah, I mean like right now, if you want to come, that would be okay. You could come and kneel at the altar because we're all sinners. We're all lepers. And I want to believe with you. I want to pray for you. So is there anyone here this morning that would be bold enough, just like that leper was, in front of all the other people, risking Outcast, risking shame, there is no shame here. This is a no-judgment zone, right? But if you want to know Jesus, if you want to come back to Jesus, the altar is open. All right, would you stand with me as we close in prayer? Thank you, Lord God. Father, I worship you today. Lord, I I thank you for those that raise their hands, Lord, that that they have someone on their heart they need to love differently. Lord, we need to love. We we, want to love with your unconditional love, but God, we don't have it in our own strength. It's not something we can can behavior modify. Lord, what we do is we confess our shortcoming to you, God. We confess that, that we're human. And Lord, we empty ourselves of who we are. God, I ask that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your unconditional love this morning, God that we might be able to love others in a a fresh, anointed way. And God, if there's any here today that didn't feel comfortable maybe to come down and kneel, Lord, God, I pray they come down right after service and would, would just talk with me. So if you're here this morning and that represents you, you just didn't have it in you to come and kneel in front of everybody, I understand. But I ask you that you come down and talk with me afterwards. I'd love to introduce you to my Jesus. He's the one that saved me from my sin. He can save you from yours as well. So, God, I, I thank you that you're here today. You're working in all of our lives. God, I, I thank you for the people of Ukraine and an area. Lord, I pray your protection over them. We stand with our brothers and sisters. Lord, and, and for whatever situations that we might face in our lives, God, Lord, I, I thank you for the word you gave Chris, God. It, it, w- it should not have been an interception that happened there in the last seconds of the game. But, God, you are a God that comes through. You're a God that rescues us. And I thank you for rescuing each one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great day. God bless you all.